Thank you for listening to this episode of Liberation. I'm your host, LaCroix Hatcher, and today I present to you Trey Morgan. Trey is an author, evangelist, and co-host of the Stronger Marriage Podcast. In this episode, Trey will talk with us about he and his wife's workshops, their books, sex and intimacy, and give us marital tips right on time for Valentine's Day. Please enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Liberation. Uh, this episode, I have a, a gentleman that is that has started a cult following uh, alongside of the captain of the ship, Miss Lee Morgan. Uh, they have traveled the, let's just say the Midwest and the uh, lower south, southern regions of the United States with their Stronger Marriage and Stronger Families workshops. Uh, but flying solo today, I have Brother Trey morgan who is the evangelist of the children's church of christ and as his podcast states he's from an area so flat that you can see the dogs running away for days mr morgan how are you doing today (laughs) i am fine honored to be on the show today thank you for inviting me sir no thank you uh for accepting the invite uh you were one of the first 10 uh, invites that I decided to reach out to uh, because I just when I started the podcast I think of some of the day-to-day things that I listen to or that I'm inspired by and you were right up there uh, I appreciate that I'm honored that yeah. is great and we've been trying to connect for a while and finally glad to be on the show yes 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 um, and especially you know, having marital issues in the past and reading your book, listening to the podcast, a lot of it spoke to the issues I faced internally and I faced uh, with my wife as well. So uh, from a distance, you have been a blessing to me and I uh, appreciate the work you and your wife have put in. And I'm sorry she couldn't be here today. I uh, thank you for those kind words uh, in in that. I'm I'm glad that that has been beneficial to you. Much of the stuff that we share are things that we've learned the hard way on what not to do. And so we kind of get the word out, you know, and say, hey, this didn't work for us. You probably don't need to try it either. But uh, uh, I know Lee would have loved to have been here today. We're sorry that just didn't work out. That's okay. That's okay. Mate, we'll catch you on the rebound. I'm hoping this is go. not the f- the first and last. So. Um, I definitely want to get this done because this is going to be my Valentine's Day special episode. Um, and who better than to give us tips on marital advice, uh, dating, and all the little secret tips in between than to have you on. But let's first get started with the man himself. Uh, you've been a minister for how many years now? Since I was 22, uh, probably 30, 33 years, 33 years. Um, yeah, I got out, I went to school early, got out of school and we went, we jumped right into it full speed. And so, uh, over 30 years of ministry, uh, both youth did a little youth work when I started out and then went into, uh, uh, senior minister or pulpit minister, whatever, whatever phrase you like to use there. And, and have been doing that ever since. Currently at the at the Childress Church of Christ, and have been here for uh, about eighteen years. Good place. We like it. That's a long shelf life for a minister. It really, really <laughs> is. They're they're good to us. Uh, it makes us hard to leave, but uh, they're good to us. And 
we like them, they like us, and Childress has been a great place to raise four boys. That's good. So, and, so and, we've just hung out. You know, and I don't say that to be negative. I know, you know, whether out of another congregation's needs, you know, sometimes uh, ministers pull to another direction. So that's good to sure. be in one congregation. Absolutely. It, it yeah. sets it's, a good culture. Yeah. And if, if we honestly, now we're, we're years away from that, but if we wound up retiring and living in Childress, Texas, when we finished ministry, we would be tremendously thrilled with that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, you and your wife, you've been together since, if I have heard and understood you correctly through your book and podcast, I'm guesstimating you guys have been together since you've been about 1920. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually uh, grew up in the, the, the church youth group together. Hmm. And so we, we did youth group at the church where we grew up together. She is younger than I am. And so um, it, it took a few more years for she she's behind me. And so she was coming into the youth group as I was getting ready to go out of the youth group. And we kind of connected and uh, we have probably been uh friends and dated since about 1985 somewhere back in there wow. uh we married in 1988 so we've just celebrated 33 years congratulations thank you fantastic uh so who who was the apple of whose eye oh, well uh, she's always <laughs> the apple of my eye. I, I definitely married up in that deal by by far um but uh you know i think we've I think we uh, have built a, a, a good marriage and a, and a great friendship. Um, and I think it just started, there's pros and cons about marrying young as kids. And we were a couple of kids right out of high school and, and uh, didn't know better on a whole lot of stuff and uh, worked, worked through. We've had our ups and downs just like anybody else has. The, um, the friendship portion, even um, at my stage of the game is what I'm, uh, it's, Funny, I've, I told my wife uh, during this quarantine period in so many words that I've learned to be a better friend. Our friendship rekindled, you know, unlike probably most people during this phase where they're probably tired of each other. Um, mm-hmm. I found a silver lining out of it. Uh, it's awesome. Because me and her had a lot of turmoil kind of we had some tumultuous years halfway through and honestly due to my own uh, transgressions early on it kind of trickled down and um, we'll get into it because we're going to talk about social media uh, that was a mistake I made early on and it never truly healed itself and then when you throw things on top of it it just snowstorms piles up yes, yeah. sir. yes uh, sir so this was the year me and her refired the friendship portion let alone the marital thing so just reestablishing my best friend that's true and and the crazy thing is is a lot of times when people go i've kind of fallen out of love you don't fall out of love you fall out of friendship Mm. Uh, a lot of couples when they go we just don't feel it uh, like we used to it's not because there's a lack of love but generally it's a lack of friendship and Mm. and they need to rekindle that friendship and spend some time together and do some things together and realize, hey, I'm not just married to, to someone of the opposite sex. I, I married my best friend. Yeah, yeah. In my own ignorance, I've known how valuable she is to me, but it's almost one of them things you take for granted. 
until mm-hmm. you it's almost like finding uh something in the garage that you've been looking for for years stop looking for it, and then you you wake up and find it you dust it off and say this is why <laughs> I, I enjoyed this so much and i'm mad i lost it for all these years so there uh, you go that's kind of why i equate it to moving forward so you know most ministers they you know they always do some type of marriage counseling um how did you guys get to a point uh that you guys are ready to launch out and do workshops like what at what point in your um evangelistic career at what point in your marriage did you guys take it to a ne- to the uh, next level we we have always since we were very very young have always been interested in marriage ministry hmm. uh we loved attending marriage workshops uh marriage retreats anytime somebody offered some kind of marriage something at their church we went because that was very interesting to us and we enjoyed that and and we would do retreats when people would ask us to but you know i really think god kept the door closed on us doing workshops like we do now for a long period of time because we were uh young we were parents we had small children at home and really we needed to be at home with kids and dad needed to be at home and be a dad and not a guy that was gone all the time and it wasn't until our kids got grown uh, and and most of them gone that God kind of opened the door and said, hey, I've got a new thing I want you all to do. Um, and and the workshop thing just blew up. We really didn't do a whole lot to to push this or promote this. You know, we spoke for a church once and we said, this is pretty good material. We ought to see if uh, another church would be willing and 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 somebody that was at that first event said, hey, come to our church and do this. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And and we do about uh, 12 to 15 to 18 workshops a year um, for the past 10 years and, and, and actually are booked up about two years out uh, through 2022 right now uh, because because I do preach and I do full time ministry here in Childress. About 12 to 15, somewhere in there is really about all we can do and still do what we need to do, you know, at a, at a full time work. And so a lot of weekends we'll fly out on a Friday and fly back in on Saturday night. Um, and so that's just kind of our our my church leadership have said we feel like this is part of our mission work, uh, too. And so they're very gracious about letting us go and be gone and and uh, go and do workshops all over the United States. We've, other than the Southern California, uh, we have kind of covered all the areas of the of the U.S. in the past ten years, or or will in the next two. Uh, we're headed to Portland, back up to the Northwest here uh, in a couple of months, and we've been to the Northeast, and we've been as far as South Florida, it, and and we've enjoyed that. Uh, it does make us tired sometimes, but we're going to do it as long as the Lord will keep the door open. Hmm. So, um, so how long have you guys been doing uh, workshops? Probably about, I would say about 10 years ago is kind of when it all kicked off. And, and we probably didn't do a whole lot the first year. Uh, maybe, you know, 2011, we may have done six or eight and, and then, and then it kind of blew up to where we had folks calling us going, what do you have available? And, and now that's just kind of how it goes. And we just, we kind of, we could do more. We could easily do more, but we just kind of tell folks, I don't have anything else in 2021. And, 
you know, I've got two dates in 2022. And if you want, put yourself down for 2023, but, uh, it, it just kind of the door opened and, and churches call us and say, Hey, come use our facilities. We'll cover your expenses. And that's kind of how we do it. And it's, it's been a good, it's been a good outreach for churches because about two thirds of the people that will come will be community people. Um, you know, folks that don't come to your old fashioned revivals or gospel meetings anymore uh, will come to a, a marriage workshop or a family workshop and they'll come in droves. And and every church we go to, I, I you know, I always tell them, hey, you're going to look around and you're going to go, who are all these people? And uh, and they do every time they go, I don't know about two thirds of these folks. These are all community people. And so it's a great outreach. It, it blesses not only the church uh, the community, but, uh, it's just a, a good tool that churches need to be using today in, in marriage workshops and retreats and, and seminars and things along those lines. I, I, I personally, I know we didn't plan to get off on churchy stuff, but, uh, I personally think that, uh, churches are God's vehicle today to strengthening the marriages and families in the United States, because where else do, do that to the community people turn to? Uh, you know, do they look to Hollywood? Do they look to secular stuff? It is it is churches who need to be stepping up and going. We're going to provide uh, material of how to build a healthy marriage and family uh, to our community and to our church members. And and you know, we we've got to step up. Churches have got to step up and do it. And there's so many good ways that you can do it. So many good ways. It's, it's funny that you say that because it's always been, even since as far back as creation, it's always been um, God's people's responsibility to set the tone for the world, whether they accept it or not. It's two different things, but it's always been our responsibility to set the tone. Excellent point. Excellent point. And and you think about it as 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 unrealistic as it sounds, you think about it, and I think I think most folks would agree if if we could fix marriages and families in our country the way God designed them to be to where they became good healthy christian marriages and families about 90% of everything that we consider to be issues and problems in our country would go away oh absolutely i mean it would it, it would fix so many things if we would fix marriages and families and 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 as churches we, we have just got to step up and do that because healthy marriages build healthy churches and healthy communities and healthy schools uh, and healthy countries. And, and, and so this is a message that really, really needs to be out to the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just simply following the Ten Commandment principles will make for <laughs> a much better country, let alone, um, I, don't, I don't say this lightly, let alone getting into the water just following the principles of the Ten Commandments was would make for light years better of a country. That is true. That is true. And there's so many things. Again, there's so many ways churches can can bless their communities uh, and their church members by getting involved in 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 marriage ministry and family ministry uh, in their in their churches. Uh, and there's so many things. There's so many ways in which churches and church leaders can step up and go, let's do this and let's do this uh, more than more than having a workshop or, a, a you know, every year, a, a different kind of workshop. I mean, they can provide books for families uh, and then check in on them. How's that book coming? Because as as churches, most churches have uh 
you know, the way things generally work is uh, you hear about a marriage crashing and burning. You didn't even know how it was having problems. And all of a sudden you go, here's a marriage about to go over the waterfall. And as churches, we've got to step up and figure out how to catch those marriages further upstream before they get to the waterfall. Mm. And, and, and our job is to, to start doing some marriage ministry in our, our churches and communities and pointing folks in the right direction, which is, which is God's plan for marriage and Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, so now that we've walked down the church aisle, if you will, uh, we know, or at least I know from your literature and again, listening to your podcast, unlike your average Joe Blow evangelist, uh, along with your wife, you guys are very, very open about speaking about sexuality. Um, yes, it's a, it's a necessity, but it's typically taboo, um, especially in a religious group setting. Um, number one, how did you guys get to that level of comfortability and where did you receive some of your strongest opposition? Those are two great questions. First, First, let me just throw out there that you're right. Uh, we we talk about a lot of stuff that nobody else is willing to talk about. And I think one of the reasons we have such a big following on social media is because as Christians, we are willing to talk about things that nobody else is willing to talk about. Uh, sex is a biblical, a biblical thing created by God as a beautiful, beautiful thing in the confines of marriage. And, and if anybody ought to be talking about how awesome it is, it ought to be Christian people. And we grew up, I know my wife and I kind of grew up in an age to where you didn't talk about sex and sex wasn't discussed and you didn't even use word about sex. And if sex came on TV, you turned it off. And the world kind of said, sex is ours. And, and Satan said, hey, I love this sex thing. And, and, and so Christians, <laughs> the Christians just shut up about it. You know, in fact, the only time, uh, only time churches talked about it was the times that they'd said, hey, you don't need to be doing this. And, and it was all negative. And, and we decided somebody's got to tell the positive side about sex and why God created it, that it was created as a beautiful gift for married people. And so, yes, uh, if, if God's not embarrassed with the Song of Solomon, then, then there's no reason for us to be embarrassed about repeating the things that God says, here's what takes place in a healthy sex life. And, and while we do talk about some stuff on social media, we talk about a whole lot more in, in one of our sessions in our, our workshop that we do, but uh, it didn't come easy. Uh, uh, there was, I think there was a learning curve for us uh, a little at a time of talking about it. Uh, and then we got more comfortable and more comfortable. And, and I would love to say that we are, it doesn't bother at us at all to talk about sex anymore. And, you know, we're not embarrassed by it at all anymore. And then, and then the other day we, we realized we can still blush. Uh, we're in a store <laughs> and we happen to be, my wife and I happen to somehow or another wind up by the little, you know, the little lacy nighty type area. And we're kind of looking at stuff and, oh, yeah. and, and some little lady from church of all, all people sneaks up behind us and goes, boo, I caught you. And, and we both turned so red and we just were so embarrassed. And we realized, I guess we still do have some, uh, you know, we still can get embarrassed about that. But, uh, 
yeah, that's a good story, but we we just feel like it needs to be talked about. The world talks about sex through, you know, every song on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, every every TV show, every sitcom on television, every movie. Uh, the world talks about sex every day, and and Christians, man, need to step up until say, hey, let me tell you about sex from what God sees it, you know, mm-hmm. and so. So yeah, we do. It's not the only thing we talk about, and we try not to. We try not to make it our whole thing that we talk about. We want to talk about other things too, right. but but we do talk about it a lot in a sense that that we're not afraid to to talk about some pretty uh, pretty taboo subjects. And so yeah. somebody's got to talk about them, and and we get so many messages from Christians, specifically women. Uh, we get messages from women all the time going, thank you so much for talking about this because no one in my home ever talked about it. No one in my church has ever talked about it. No one in, you know, we hadn't found a Christian book that talked about it. And, and I forever wanted to know from a Christian standpoint, can I do this? Or is this correct? Or how do you feel about this? And, and so I feel like we're, we're ministering to a lot of people who are seeking answers. Mm. And, and the crazy thing is, I will just tell you, on our podcast, uh, if we deal with something on sex uh, for a week, we guarantee you we'll have two or three times more listeners for that podcast than we will when we deal with other topics. (laughs) And I don't know why that is, but man, it's kind of like, man, we want to hear what they got to say. Wow. For lack of, you know what, for lack of better words, this is going to be terrible. Uh, I'm already grinning from ear to ear because I don't even know where you're going on this. Um, we as Christians, it's just we're closet freaks, and I feel like you've you've at least turned the doorknob and cracked it a little bit for people to see. Oh, there is I can explore this portion of my body. I can do this, and it's and I don't have to feel like. Oh, God is going to condemn me for liking it. Yes. And and I think yes. that's what a lot of it is. Like, I'm not supposed to enjoy my husband on my breast. I'm not supposed to enjoy him kissing on my thigh or, and I'll just keep it at that level. Sure. But I think, and I think we, we've been programmed to believe missionary go to sleep. And go to work the next day, and that's it. And 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 keep the lights out. <laughs> there you go, brother. Keep the lights Amen. out. You know, hey, that's exactly right. But you know, and and uh, it is time that uh, I mean, God's not embarrassed with this, and and Satan has forever. It, Satan is trying to make Christian people feel guilty about married sex, and and we shouldn't feel that way. I mean, mm. it is a beautiful thing to be enjoyed between a husband and a wife and it is okay uh, to enjoy it and find pleasure in it. And, 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 and it's got, it's powerful. It is God's way of connecting two people and reconnecting two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is so much power in, in sex. Sex wasn't just created as a afterthought. God told Adam and Eve, Hey, Keep two, busy. two, 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 <laughs> two will become one. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> And, and there is so much connection and so much power 
in in married sex. And and I think Lee and I have talked about that on our podcast. We we didn't realize in our marriage uh, early on in marriage just how much power there was in the act of sexual fulfillment with a husband and wife. Meaning, it's really what separates roommates and soulmates. It's really what separates two people just living in a house together and two people who are connected to one another. Mm. And, and there's no reason to feel guilty about things because God's made it beautiful. And, and unfortunately there's a lot of Christian people who feel, you know, I I feel guilty about these things. And I, and, and God's like, why, you know, I made it beautiful and I made it wonderful. And, you should enjoy it and and not feel guilty about it. Amen. Amen. Um and I'm I'm actually shocked you got more response from women than men. Yeah. 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 And you know, men men seem to be more adventurous and more more at willing to say, hey, let's let's do something new. Uh but uh, yeah, men women all the time, we get a lot of feedback from women going, is this okay? Can I do this? Or am I should I feel bad about this? And we're like Hey, you and your husband should just explore and enjoy. And, uh, you know, we just encourage couples that, you know, it's hard. You can't, you can't build a marriage on sex. Uh, right. a healthy marriage is not built on it, but it's really hard to build a healthy marriage without it. Thanks. And so, uh, it is, it is a key ingredient to a good, healthy marriage. And, and we understand there are times when there's physical problems, there's emotional problems. There's, you know, we've, we've dealt with that on podcasts and stuff. And, and, uh, we don't mind talking about some of those things because somebody in the Christian world has got to answer some questions that, uh, that people are asking. Mm -hmm. Um, off the air, we, um, got into the mad subject. Um, yes. Where, so back to the opposition side of things, um, where where have you felt your most intense heat as far as opposition? Well, we get, let me just throw this out there real quick. We understand in, in the social media world, which we have a really big following, that, that hurt people are going to hurt people. That's an old phrase, hurt people, hurt people. So sometimes we get a mean comment. And they're not trying to be mean to us. And they're they're not trying to disagree with what we say. Sometimes it's just somebody that's they've had a hard week and their husband has bashed them all week. And 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 we put something on there about, hey, marriage is is special. And they're like, yeah, all right. There is nothing, you know, <laughs> and, and they're mad. And that's OK, because, I mean, we we're patient with people like that. But we do. We get a little feedback or we have some from from feminists we get a big feedback from feminists uh we're pretty traditional in our beliefs um uh, you know our material is very biblical uh, yet we get tickled because we have a lot of people in the world that go where did you get this material it is so new and fresh and contemporary and we're like you know it's 2000 years old uh it is all bible stuff but uh we also get a lot of negative pushback from christian people uh there are some who um, don't like, uh, some of the things that we say, and, and not always in a negative sense. Sometimes we can just have a list of, you know, here's 10 things that are healthy for your marriage. And we may have a list of 10 things. And man, if we don't have God at the top of that list, oh, we'll get chewed on by some Christian that will go, Hey, God should be at the top. And we're going, this is not a list. These are bullet points. This is not a list of order of importance. 
and and they're like, man, you put God, and we're like, hey, we're we're on the same team here, buddy. And and so we get a lot of pushback sometimes from Christian people, but uh, not not a whole lot. Um, most folks are very nice and and uh, are are kind to us for the most part uh, on social media. And and sometimes when people are mean spirited or rude or unkind, and we we kind of warn them and say, hey, you need to be nice. And if they're not, we'll block them. But we, we don't block a whole lot of people. We really, really don't. Um, we, we, most folks play, and we actually have a lot of folks that take up for us, which is really nice that I don't even know on Twitter the other day, we, we threw something out about, you know, uh, I, which is a pretty bold statement. We said, Hey, if you're going into marriage thinking divorce is an option, don't get married. Uh, just don't. And man, we had a couple of people that said, Whoa, what do you mean? Divorce is not. And then these were people that don't follow us. But then we had some of our own followers that we really don't even know that we're going, hey, if you know these people, you know where they're coming from. They're not they're not saying be stay in a, a in a, a marriage where there's emo or a physical abuse. And anyway, I, I just thought, how cool is that, man? We got followers that are going to bat for us, That's good. Um, which made us feel good. That's good. And, you know, even though they're, they are the very small minority, you're always going to have um some in the brotherhood that are going to be overly cynical and want you to <laughs> extra G everything that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. We get some of that, you know, where do you get that? Or why do you have this? Or, um, you know, and, and we, we always just try to play nice. We've learned that, uh, somebody has a rude comment. If we just respond with kindness, um, you know, that always works so much better than trying to bite back. You know, it, it reminds me and forgive me to, of. Uh, book in chapter isn't coming to mind but when jesus is talking to the pharisees and he tells them you guys are missing the weightier part of the law love and mm -hmm. mercy yes you got all the technical portions down but you're forgetting the essence of it yeah so you get some people that's too heavy-handed on the uh on the uh, wrong side of those thoughts like you yeah. said they may mean well but they just just go over the top they do. Then, and there's that type of person out there. And sometimes when they're the ones that are constantly throwing out bad juju towards stuff, I'm always kind of, I kind of look at them and go, man, I'm kind of glad I'm not married to that person <laughs> right there. You know, man, I'd hate to be their spouse. You know, you can't say anything without them finding something wrong with it. Right. And it, and it leaves, as we were also saying off there, it leaves a bad impression of what Christianity is and should be. Um, for it, right. for instance, I was, um, I did a little small portion from my podcast, um, saying that Satan is playing chess and we're playing checkers and that we should be highly offended that the people, and this is totally off subject, but the people that stormed the Capitol and are hanging Jesus signs up, you know, you mix in, you know, something that crazy. A, a person commenting on Twitter about marriage and, you know, to the average Joe Blow that's not in religious circles at all, they're going to say, what do I need this Christianity stuff for? These people are insane. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, and, and if the only thing I'm known for is, uh, you know, if the only thing I'm ever throwing out on social media is negative things about politics or politicians or something like that, and, and, and I'm telling the folks in the world that I am a Christian person, man, that does not look good for who I'm representing.
So, what are what are some of your uh, most asked questions? And then I want to know what's some of the weirdest questions. Oh wow! Uh, let's see. Most asked questions. Uh, you know, and and it's some of the things that we get a lot are things like I'm the only one trying in my marriage. And, and how do I make a marriage work that's one-sided? That's a question we get a lot. And we've done a podcast on that um, to, to kind of talk about, you know, if I'm in a marriage that I only, only, I'm the only one that seems to be doing any work. My spouse just doesn't care about improving things. What do you do? Probably our biggest question overall, more than anything else, is how do I restore trust back in my marriage? That is, that is by far, hands down, our biggest question. Um, we, we had just a little blurb on Instagram one time in a story, not a, not a post, a little story. We were talking about trust and rebuilding trust after trust has been broken, whether it was an emotional affair or a physical affair. And, and I threw out, hey, we have a little worksheet that might help if you have been through this kind of some steps you can take to rebuild trust in your marriage. And I really thought two or three people would email us uh, and go, can I get a copy of that? We're struggling. And we've had hundreds, literally hundreds that have requested, how can we get a hold of that? Because this is an issue in my marriage. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, Trust is one of those things in your marriage that if you have it, you better protect it with all you've got because you can lose it very quickly and it it does not rebuild quickly. It, it takes a long time to rebuild in that. And so that's a that's a big, big question that we get a lot. So we, we get a lot of crazy questions, too. Um, and and. We get quite, I don't, I guess I can throw this out on your podcast. Uh, we get questions, everything from uh, intimacy questions about can, can we use toys in our marriage and our sex life to um, we get questions like we actually have people that ask us sometimes I, I've been told that sex is only for procreation. Uh, <laughs> is this true or is, is sex also for fun? You know, and so we get we do get a lot of uh, questions to deal with that, but not just uh, questions that deal with, with sex and intimacy. We get, we get j just a lot of questions overall that deal with, with everything. But, uh, those, those are some, but we do get a lot of questions. Toys. You know what? I'll circle back to that. Um, <laughs> well, you're going to have to listen to our <laughs> podcast on that one. <laughs> okay. I'm, I've tried to, I've tried to listen to every episode. I know, I don't want to let too much out. I, I got to let people listen to your podcast. Um, You're all right. You're doing fine. But I want to stay at the trust portion because I fall into that category. Uh, early on in our marriage, back when there was a thing called MySpace, uh, for, mm -hmm. for the young audience, I don't know if you still know what that is, but uh, people in my age group will know. I ran into an issue... Um, speaking out to an old girlfriend on MySpace, mm -hmm. and we—I won't say—we uh, definitely didn't lose contact, but I think I stepped. Well, I stepped over the boundaries, um, and 
that caused a ripple effect that took uh, eons to recover from. And in a lot of ways, I'm not sure that it has. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's forgiven, but I do know that it's uh, one of those sensitive things. Let's put it that way. And it became an affair in the sense that not only did I do it, I lied about it, was caught in the act. Right. And what are some of uh, your best tips that you can provide, again, as far as losing trust? And then we can also use this as a segue into the dangers of social media. Okay. Well, you know, these are these are more tips for the the guilty party. A lot of times we get messages from the 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 innocent party that goes, "My spouse has done this. How do I get over it?" And and it just takes time. There's no there's no quick fix, and and it takes a lot of time. And so a lot of the tips we have for rebuilding trust after um, an emotional affair. Uh, reconnecting online. This is a very common thing with social media, with an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend, something like that. Some of the best things you can do for one is you got to, you got to be completely upfront. Um, and that's the best thing you can do is, is at some point you've got to go, you, you, if you feel like you need to know something, I'll tell you anything you want to know and I'll, I'll shoot straight with you. Um, you also have to end things completely. If, if my spouse is uncomfortable with a coworker, with somebody that I am online with, uh, that is the opposite sex that we're messaging, whatever it is, that's got to end. That's got to stop. And it's got to stop completely, not stop from the standpoint of, Hey, we're not going to message much anymore. It's going to be, Hey, I've got to block this person. They've got to be completely cut off. Um, you got to take, you got to take responsibility for your own mistakes. Uh, there's no, you know, Hey, I wouldn't have done this if, uh, just, you know, it is a hundred percent choice. It was something that shouldn't have happened. And, and the best thing we can do is, is say, Hey, I take full responsibility on that. Uh, we've got to be patient as our partner rebuilds trust in a sense that, uh, Suspicion and distrust is that's just natural reactions of the person that has been that feels like they've been been hurt. And so we have to be we have to show that we're trustworthy and we have to be patient while they rebuild trust. And and so we can't come along. A lot of people. This is this is what really frustrates me uh, and my wife is a lot of people come along and, and you've got the person that's made a mistake. And two months later, they're going Hey, you should be over this by now. You, you're you're holding this against me, and we're like, you got no right to tell your spouse who's been hurt how long this should take for them to be over it. Uh, what you've got to do is give them however much time they have. And then one of the other things that's really important is be around. Meaning, if trust has been broken, you need to tell your spouse where you're at, what you're doing. You need to check in. You need to not have any of those instances where um, my spouse has been looking for me for four hours and can't find me. Um, it, it is good for them not to worry about, well, I know what my spouse is doing. They told me. Um, my wife and I, we share all our passwords. 
uh, we, we both connect with social media so that, you know, I know she could look at anything of mine. And if I needed, you know, if she wanted to look at something, Hey, I'm perfectly fine with that. There's accountability in that. So we, we keep no secrets and nothing is hidden from one another. And, and we don't lock each other out of our cell phones. Uh, if my wife is not got her phone close by and she needs to look something up, uh, man, she is welcome to take my phone and use it at any time and look at anything she wants. Those are all ways that build trust. When I start hiding things, when I start deleting things, when I start telling my wife uh, or, you know, a wife starts telling her husband, that's my phone and you're not supposed to look on it. All that says is red flags. You're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know. And, and so there's a lot of good points and a lot of good tips to how to rebuild some trust. Uh, but it's, it has got to be done out there. It has just, just got to be done out there. And you know, I, I, I have no problem exposing myself at this point in my life. Um, I definitely fell victim to a couple of those things. Number one, I had, uh, too much pride. And number two, I definitely was one of those people trying to dictate the terms of getting over this. And that was in reflecting almost peeling the scab right back off the <laughs> scar. Um, and, and, and that was something that took a long, long time to learn from. And I just had to stop and just listen. Uh, take whatever those body blows, if you will, uh, had, had to take it and, and learn to just stop and listen and acknowledge the pain mm -hmm. and definitely be forefront and just say, okay, this is where I was coming from when I did this. I know it's not, it wasn't okay, but just had to right, wrong or indifferent had to let my wife behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And it, that was at least the beginning, I feel. Um, and, you know, it's it's still some things I'm learning uh, in the process. Uh, but I think that that's definitely a good tip because those are things that I, uh, for anyone listening, take it from me. You definitely need to acknowledge it and just uh, let the innocent party uh, vent, if you will. That's good advice. And and the fact that you're so willing to talk and be open about this is very, not only healthy for you and your spouse, but for other people, because there are others in this world that can look and go, hey, I am kind of where they are. And, and I know that we can survive this and get past this. A uh, few more things. Um... Yes, Okay, so you you mentioned social media and passwords with phones. I I, I definitely like that. Um, what are some of the dangers? Because with social media, there's hardly any filter, um, which leads to a lot of scantily clad women um, or men. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are the dangers of porn um, and what are some of your recommendations to, because let's just be honest, porn can be addictive like anything else. Um, what are some of the recommendations that you would provide to um, getting out of that 
uh, entanglement of porn? There, there are, um, we, we actually posted today, uh, a post that said, this is our, our Twitter social media that, that we believe porn is addictive. Uh, we believe porn is hard on your marriage. Uh, the porn industry made $90 billion last year in 2020. And that's, that's more money than the NFL, the, the Major League Baseball, NBA, and all NCAA sports. If you combined all of them, it didn't make $90 billion last year. And uh, it is addictive. It is bad. Uh, porn is one of the biggest causes for a sexless marriage uh, because it uh, – it causes people to have unrealistic expectations of sex and uh, standards, what your body looks like, what you should or shouldn't do. And so, yeah. And, and really the best thing you can do is, you know, of course, just depending on who you are, there's a lot of places out there to get help with, with porn addictions. Uh, one of my favorite little books is a book called Jesus is better than porn. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, um, and, and it's just a good little book talking about your faith, and, and it was a guy who had a, a pornography addiction, and so, uh, yeah, it, that is just, you know, my wife and I have certain rules, and, and my boys in our family growing up, we had certain rules, and we still abide by those rules. We, our rules are, uh, we, we don't delete the history on our computers or phones, and if, you know, when my kids were at home, if I walked up and said, I'd like to see your computer, or if I want to see, I'm paying you for your cell phone. As long as I'm paying for it, I can look at anything I want to. But we, we would have hard talks. I'd go into my boy's room many times and show him a, a, a girl on Instagram who started following me that I knew for a fact was not a real person. Uh, she would be a girl that, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of clothes on and had a link in her profile and she was going to want me to click on her stuff. And I'd go in and show my kids and said, boys, do y'all see who this is right here? This is not a real woman. And we'd have a good talk about this. I'd go, you're going to get some of these where these women are trying to talk to you or trying to follow you. And the best thing you can do is block them or ignore them because they're just going to get you into trouble. So, you know, when, when my wife and I communicate about things like that and we we have rules about no, no passwords uh, or no passcodes on our phone that one of another does not know. Um, it just makes marriage a whole lot easier. I mean, it really does. Uh, marriage is so much easier when, when we're not hiding things or worried about what my spouse might or might not find. So uh, those are all things that work really, really well for us. Um, and, and there are a lot of pe places out there to get help with porn addictions, uh, that is a real thing. But the best thing you can do, you know, we wrote in our book, our first book, and we actually mentioned it in our second book, God created marriage to be naked. Uh, and that's Genesis chapter three, where he said, and, and Adam and Eve were both naked and felt no shame. God, that's how God created marriage. And that word naked doesn't just mean without clothes. It means they were uncovered before one another, meaning they had no secrets. They weren't hiding anything. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, is Satan shows up in the garden and they sin. And the first thing they do is shame enters into their relationship and they start covering up. They're no longer naked. And, and when you start hiding and deleting things on your cell phone that you don't want your spouse to see, or you start a relationship 
uh, emotionally with someone of the opposite sex and you hide those text messages from your spouse, um, then man, shame enters the marriage and you start covering up and it's not how God designed marriage. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm not sure which order of events I want to take this, um, but another, I think, underrated portion of marriage is health. Um, and yes. just from doing my own little research on you, my brother, I uh, do know that you are a cancer survivor. Um, mm-hmm. What, what are, um, what explain the importance because I think this is underrated because, uh, the typical man, and I can fall into that category sometimes, um, not wanting to let things in life defeat you. Um, especially when it comes to the body breaking down, um, what are some of the best tips on what well, explain the importance of just sharing, um, all the things going on with your health and this goes male or female, um, give some of the importance of that. Okay. Well, I, I think God has given us a body that we are supposed to care for and take care of. And, and actually, um, I am a, I am a cancer survivor. And so I have had to deal with that, but I'm also someone who has struggled with, uh, a weight issue in my past. I, I come from a man, a family of really big, big people, and we put on weight really easy and we're not very healthy people. And I've had to work really, really hard to be a healthy person. And, and my wife, get this, feels loved that I'm willing to do that. Meaning I want the best for our marriage. Uh, and so I'm going to do my best to take care of my body because that makes a better marriage. Uh, the fact that we, we go to the gym and we exercise and, and my wife and I eat very healthy. We try to take care of our bodies. We, we want to look good for each other. We're, we, we look like 50-year-olds. I mean, we're not trying to look like we're 21, but we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can. And, and, and it's not about looking good. It is about living well until you die. You know, I'm not trying to live longer. I just want to live well until I die. And I love the fact when two become one flesh, that means my body is her body and her body is my body and it belongs to me as well. And so part of the love of our relationship is the fact that she loves us enough that she's willing to eat right and try to be healthy because that's what's good for us. And so I'm a big believer in having the best version of yourself that you can. And, and those are actually her words. She talks about this in our workshop, uh, be the best version of yourself that you can. Um, she's, you know, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm a 55 year old man. I'm not going to look like a 21 year old guy anymore, but I can be the best 55 year old version of myself. I can for my wife because I love her and for God, because I want to take care of the body that God has given me. And so, you know, that is, that is my goal. And yes, I do think that's important. I think it's important to my, my, my health, uh, my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife. And, and we, Lee, Lee actually talks about it in our workshop. If, if there is something 
that is not right with your body that is causing issues in your marriage, whether it is something sexually, whether it is something uh, from past that may be some trauma, go see a doctor, go see a counselor, go see a therapist, but don't let those things keep you from being the best version of, of who you can be. Mm, okay. And now this may sound weird, um, but I find that sometimes in the most traumatic situations can bring a certain galvanization uh, to people um, in the midst of your battle with cancer. Um, how did that, if at all, did that strengthen you guys more? Did it galvanize you or it was just one of them things that, you know, my partner is going through something and I'm just going to be there uh, the best way I know how. Uh, yes, it, it's huge, huge. In fact, we talk about that in our new book. We have a whole chapter on that. And really, it was an eye opener in my marriage. We actually had been married. Let me I'm just trying to do the math really quick. We were probably 15 years, 13 to 15 years into our, our marriage when I had cancer. The doctor said you got cancer. Actually, his words were, I think you can survive. And I remember thinking, what does that mean? You think I can survive? You know, I've got four small children. I've got to survive. But I remember waking up uh, after a second really big surgery that I had in the summer of 2003 and spent a week in the hospital, a couple of days in ICU. And, and when I woke up and kind of got my bearings of where I was, and what was going on after this surgery, my wife was sitting there by the bed next to me. And I said, I, I remember being a little confused. I said, I said, you're here. And she said, yes. And I said, but you need to be with the boys. You know, we have, we have four small kids, you know, who's taking care of them. And she said, she said, I, I have the boys lined out. I am your wife and I will not be leaving your side until you come out of this hospital. I'm not going anywhere. And she didn't. And, and I guess that really opened my eyes to the, you know, we say it in the vows, marriage is for better and for worse. And, and we were having some worse. And it was her way of going, I'm not going anywhere during this time. We're going to stand by one another when things are good. We're going to stand by one another even closer when things are not good. And, and that was a huge eye opener to the fact that she said, my marriage comes, I'll, I'll line the boys out. They will be fine. You don't worry about them. I'm not going anywhere. I am here to stay by your side in this hospital. And, and she did. She never left, not one drop, you know, hmm. and, and it, it just was an amazing thing. The importance of dating. Um, I know you touch on this heavily uh, throughout your book and on the podcast, but I have a newborn audience. Uh, so especially going into Valentine's Day, um, please tell us about the importance of continuing to date and, uh, you know, the significance of it and what are um, what are some of your best ideas that us men can do for Valentine's Day? Well, Dating should never stop. You you fell in love because you dated your spouse. And and men really, I really try to tell the men, step up. You you wanted to hang out with your your 
fiance and your girlfriend back before you married her, you were asking her all the time, when can we get together? Are you free Thursday night? Are you free Friday night? And then you get married and three months later, you're, it's like, you don't ever take her out anymore. You know, marriage dating is fuel for your marriage and you should still be doing it. Uh, especially if you have small children at home, uh, or just children home period, you guys need to not just be mom and dad. You've also got to be husband and wife. So get out and date, uh, weekly dates, man, don't go any further than every other week dates. And, and there's people, Lee talks about this. This is her point in the workshop. There, there are people who will tell you, um, Hey, we don't have the money today. Are you kidding me? You can go for a walk. Uh, you can sit on the porch. You can hang out with your spouse after you put the kids to bed. Uh, dates don't have to be expensive. There's a lot of things you can do to date. And, and so, yes, you should be dating. Dating is healthy, healthy for you. Now, Valentine's Day, we, we mentioned it on social media. Hey, don't, don't wait till Valentine's Day to do something nice for your spouse. If, if the only time you do something sweet for your spouse is on anniversaries and Valentine's Day, you're failing 363 other days of the year. That should be a regular thing. Now, don't skip Valentine's Day. You know, celebrate your love and your marriage as much as you can. Um, do something, even if it's small. It doesn't have to be something elaborate. But you do something every chance you get to celebrate that. Now, for me, for the guys... If I, if you're a man out there and you're listening to this and you're going, you know, what I get my wife for Valentine's day. Yes. Yeah, she'd probably love some flowers and she'd probably love some chocolate, but if you, and she'd probably love, you know, I don't know if you can go out to a restaurant where you are or not due to what all's going out right now, but you could always go order off a drive through and go sit in a park. But if you really want to step up and do something, get her something that says, not only do I love you, but I also love our marriage and I want it to be better. Uh, offer to take her on a trip somewhere, buy a marriage book and say, I want to read this with you. And I want us to have even a stronger marriage than we have, man. You want to, you want to impress your wife, step up and show some interest in strengthening your marriage. Okay. And that's a good, uh, segue. Um, tell us about, um, your books and the differences, between the two, we got the 10 ways to a stronger marriage. And then we got wisdom for the marriage. Explain to the audience the difference between the two books. Uh, the first one we did, we did last year. Well, we did in 2019 and it was uh, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of stuff we use for our workshop is in that book. It's not our workshop, but a lot of stuff is in there. Um, and it's just a good, healthy book on, what it takes to have a good, strong, healthy marriage, 10 ways to a stronger marriage. If you want to strengthen your marriage, do these 10 things. Um, we talk about everything from spiritual intimacy and why that is essential uh, to uh, intimacy of, of we, we spend a whole chapter dealing with the, the cell phone and the friends of the opposite sex and the passwords and uh, being naked type thing. We, we talk about all those things. And so it's more of a book book. Uh, it does have some discussion questions in the back and a lot of couples read it together and they might read a chapter like a husband will read a chapter and he'll underline something he likes. And then the wife will catch up and she'll read a chapter the next day and she'll underline what she likes. And then they go back and kind of look at what each other outline uh, underlined and, and see if there's any questions on that. Um, 
and and so uh, that book has been used a lot for small groups, uh, Bible studies, Bible classes. It's it's just a good ten week uh, book for things along those lines. Our new book, which we actually did not intend to write until we actually were going to take a year off, hmm. but with uh, quarantine and having a whole lot of time, it was like, <laughs> hey, let's let's go ahead and knock this book out. So we did, we, we had a lot of requests, a lot of requests, people all the time going, what is a good devotional book for my, for me or uh, about marriage or for my, my spouse and I about marriage, something we can do every morning for a few minutes and, and just have a good devotional book. And, and we only could come up with two or three that we really liked, you know, and, and so we decided we were going to write one of those. And so we, we did uh, Proverbs is one of our favorite books. Uh, Lee and I have read Proverbs together many times. And so we did 31 days um, of wisdom or a 31-day marriage study guide, which you read, you know, chapter one is read Proverbs one, read chapter one in the book, and it's, it's a study guide. So it's, it may be three or four paragraphs. And then there's discussion questions to do together. There's verses to l- underline in your Bible. Uh, there's a prayer prompt that you pray with your spouse or pray for your spouse. And so it's a real hands-on book. It's one that we've given plenty of room for writing. It's more like a journal. It's a much bigger, it's a much wider book because it's we had to make it big enough that somebody could fold it out and write in it. And and we have uh, we've been getting a lot of good positive feedback enough that we will probably at some point do another one on maybe the song of Solomon or something um, on, on just romance and, and uh, intimacy or something like that. But yeah, that has, uh, that has been a really, really good book. And it has, uh, and that one too can be used in a, in a small group setting. That's the one that a lot of folks are handing to uh, during this time, a lot of churches are getting that book and giving it to couples hmm. uh, in their churches uh, and going, here, we got this book for you. Uh, y'all start reading this together and we'll check in on you in a couple of weeks and ask you if you got anything to pray about. And and uh, leadership is coming in going, hey, how you liking that book? How's it coming? Is there anything we need to pray about? And they're catching those marriages uh, before they get to the waterfall upstream when, when they go, well, the couples are going, well, they're going to check on us, so we need to read this book. But uh, it is, it's just been a really good way to do some marriage ministry in churches is to just get this in the hands of uh, young couples and just couples in general. Hmm. Okay. And we're, we're going to close with this. So we've had uh, Trey Morgan has been a minister. They stumbled upon the Stronger Marriage, Stronger Families workshops. How did this progress into the Stronger Marriage podcast? Well, we get all these questions and, you know, you, you just can't answer questions on social media. You know, somebody, Twitter, you get what, 200 characters <laughs> and somebody asks a question about rebuilding trust. And it's like, man, we can't, we can't answer this question mm-hmm. in a, in a comment on Instagram or on a Facebook post. And so we thought we have got to start a podcast mm-hmm. and see if we can't, you know, especially what really helps is when people have have a question. They go, "How do I deal with this?" And we can go, "Hey, go go listen to episode number four. We we talk about how to handle in laws and and family and and how to how that should work in your marriage on that podcast." And so we can kind of point them 
to stuff we've done. And it, it really has become kind of like a little library for us to go. You need to, you need to listen to podcast 16. This is where we answer that question. And so it's, it's more of a benefit to help people. Uh, and, and we're, we're enjoying doing it. We really, really are. Uh, and, and it, it requires a little bit of work as, as you know, uh, you can't just go in and, but, uh, you gotta have some topics and you gotta have some stuff, but we've, we've had a, we've had some folks that are willing to listen. And so we'll keep doing it as long as folks are willing to listen. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a faithful listener. Uh, I am honored. I, it wouldn't help me to grab my phone to show you, but, uh, cause I'm not on YouTube. So that's all right. We, we, we are glad that you listen. I I'm glad that I <laughs> I'm glad that I listen. Um, I hope our material is worthwhile, and uh, we we can sound a little. Um, we have we have folks that listen to us from Australia and England wow. and California, and I get tickled at that because I'm always like they probably think we're the most redneck folks in the world. <laughs> you know, we're talking things like y'all, and you know, we're using words where we have to go. Whoa, let me explain what this means. <laughs> and and yeah, so uh, all you can do is. Uh, uh, it's got to be a little bit entertaining. Oh, it's it's hysterical. Um, so, folks, um, again, this is Trey Morgan. You can find him on Twitter uh, at Trey Morgan and Instagram uh, at Trey underscore Morgan. Um, you can get to his website. Uh, it's TreyandLee.com. That's T-R-E-Y-A-N-D. And Lee is L-E-A dot com. Um, they also have um, their Twitter page collectively at Strong Marriage 5 and Instagram mm-hmm. at Stronger underscore Marriages. Uh, go ahead. Anything else you'd like to promote, sir? I was just going to say, uh, man, you can go to TreyandLee.com and you can find all the links to if you're an Instagrammer, if you're a Facebooker, if you're a Twitter follower, uh, you can find all the links to where you can find our social media pages and our podcast and, and everything and our upcoming workshops. We've got some upcoming workshops and and uh, wish we were going to be closer to the Ohio area, but uh, uh, Kentucky anywhere close? Okay. Uh, well, no, why, you know, I'm trying to figure out why you're at it. I'm just um, trying. Yes, I'm going to get this out probably on Valentine's day or shortly before. So give us where some Excellent. of your um, workshops are going to be at during this time frame. Okay. Coming up, uh, our next, uh, few workshops, we're going to be in Cleburne, Texas in March. Um, and, and we kind of go, people always go, why don't you come to California? We can only go to where we're invited. So, so, uh, you know, Cleburne, Texas in March, uh, we're going to be in Fritch, Texas, also in March. We're going to be in Portland, Oregon in April. We're going to be in Tennessee in April. We're going to be in Pryor, Oklahoma in May. We're going to be in Georgia in May. We're going to Alaska in June. We're excited about that. We've got a lot of really neat places coming up, but, uh, yeah, all you can trayandlee.com will have all our information on where we're going to be at least in 2021, with uh, locations of workshops. What's really cool is we have people that fly in for workshops all the time. We've had, um, we were in East Texas the other day. We had a couple flying from California. Uh, we've had couples fly in from all over. We had a, we had a couple in Houston the other day that had flown in from South America, and, which I just thought was outrageous. They, they won the award for the traveling the farthest. Hmm. 
Wow, Alaska. You guys are superstars. <laughs> uh, and again, you can also catch them on the Stronger Marriages podcast on Apple, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast at. And uh, much success to you, and um, I'll have you back on soon. No problem. Honored to be here today. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thanks for checking out this episode of Liberation. Subscribe to the show and follow Liberation on Twitter and Instagram at Liberation underscore pod. Liberation is sponsored by Doodlebugs by DeVita. Thoughtful handmade jewelry designs inspired by love, peace, and unity. Shop Doodlebugs at doodlebugsbydevita.square.site. And for the Etsy lovers, it's doodlebugsbydevita.etsy.com. Use the promo code LIBERATION and get 10% off your order. Follow Doodlebugs on Twitter at doodlebugs for you. That's doodlebugs, the number four, the letter U. And Instagram, doodlebugs by DeVita.